0: Arthur, the bear.
1: Oh, it's hey. too. Hello. I heard something. Hey. Sounded like someone's stomach was. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's just a little bit, you know.
1: <laughs> Uh, I know it's taco Tuesday, but man, (laughs) Arthur, can you, can you speak now? Are you good? Rock bear.
2: I can see you. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. I I think you may have figured it
1: out. (laughs) That was good. It's good stuff. (laughs) I knew. That I had married the right woman because she knows all the lyrics to that song and she has no problem rocking out to it.
3: <laughs> Welcome to Five Guys and the Bible, a weekly podcast where five guys from around the country dig deep into the scriptures and talk about how it relates to life. Thanks for listening and always be blessed. All right, good, uh, good evening, everyone. Uh, thank you for joining in and listening. This is uh, Five Guys and the Bible. I'll be your host today. My name is Danny, and uh, joined with me are Carl, Arthur, Eric, and John. Um, today I want to keep it kind of light, kind of interesting, uh, going slightly deep, but you know, keeping it funny at the same time because we had such a good topic last week, uh, and my brain hurts. (laughs) Um, but before we do that, I'm going to open us up in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you this day, Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, giving his life on the cross for us, Father. Thank you for your son setting examples for us to follow, Father, that we can uh, have this guidebook uh, written in word, Father, that we can live by example, and and you set the example for us, Father. Uh, Lord, I I lift each one of us up here today, Father, that you'll speak through us and, uh, uh, speak from us father that we can inspire and motivate and uh push people for your will father lord we love you honor and praise you in jesus name amen amen all right so what we're gonna do is uh i'm going give a little backstory here uh, most everyone knows i was in the military i served uh, 13 years in the army four years active duty and the rest were in the army reserves Uh, Three overseas tours deployments uh, total. Uh, I was uh, in aviation to start. Then I got selected for special operations. And uh, I finished out my Army career in transportation management. Uh, And one of the things that we did was when we got to basic training, uh, they immediately started instilling into you the uh, warrior ethos. Now, Carl, uh, Arthur, I'm not sure if the Navy has something similar. Navy core values. Okay. Uh, So the Army warrior ethos is uh, uh, I will never quit. I will never leave a fallen comrade. I will never uh, accept defeat. So – and then it it goes into the whole soldier's creed, uh, I believe. But while we're there – they start teaching us the seven army values. Um, and once I list them, guys, if you could tell me if uh, the Navy has something similar, I'm sure you have values that you, you live by. Oh, yeah. By. So
1: we've got the Sailor's Creed, and then the Navy Corps values, and then the Navy ethos is okay. three so things same. that we have. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So along the same lines. Uh, and I was one of these soldiers that I really took it to heart. Uh, I joined during uh, or shortly after 9-11 happened, and so I really was struck with that patriotic spirit, right, like that willingness to serve and be the best that I can be, right, to, to be, you know, quote the old Army phrase. Uh, but they started instilling in this the seven Army values, which are loyalty, duty, respect, selfless service, honor, integrity, and personal courage. Uh, and as you go through those values, you start realizing they don't uh, just apply to the military lifestyle. They apply to your daily lifestyle. And so what I started doing was start thinking about, uh, you know, if we're going through these army values, right, if we're going through these values, right, human values, what is the difference between someone who's following these values but is not a Christian uh, versus someone who is following these values and is a quote, good person. Right. So, uh, what I want to do is I want to go through each value and get your guys's thoughts and opinions on these values, uh, backed up with some biblical, um, uh, value to it to see what the difference. So if, for instance, uh, Carl, we'll start with you on loyalty. Uh, <clears throat> So for loyalty means, you know, for the military, it's bear true faith and allegiance to the U.S. Constitution, the Army, your unit, and other soldiers. Uh, And bearing true faith and allegiance is a matter of believing in and devoting yourself to something or someone. A loyal soldier is one who supports the leadership and stands up for fellow soldiers. By wearing the uniform of the U.S. Army, you are expressing your loyalty. And by doing your share, you show your loyalty to your unit. So... To that's the army stance on it, but you can see where you can apply that to daily living and to the Christian lifestyle. Uh, Carl, I give it to you at this point.
1: All right. So I kind of split this into two things: uh, basic loyalty as it's seen in the Bible, and then loyalty to Christ, because. Uh, if you look at what you just talked about, bear true faith and allegiance to the U.S. Constitution, the army, basically I'm saying as Christians, we're bear true faith and allegiance to Christ, right? Kind of consolidate all that. So let's just start with that one, the loyalty to Christ. And I found a good uh, Deuteronomy 23.9. Uh, when the army goes out against your enemies, then keep your, then keep yourself from every wicked thing. And uh, so warfare is dirty, and I kind of, and it's just talking about, you know, being loyal because we're uh, making sure that we are doing the right thing, making sure that we are keeping Christ in the forefront when we are going out and we are doing our battle, that we're doing these things, right? Uh, And then Luke 14 Uh, starting in verse 25. I really like this. It's the cost of discipleship, as some Bibles might break it down. It says, uh, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father, mother, and wife, and children, and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. And it goes on, and the basis there is that God is, Christ is basically saying, do I have your loyalty? Am I going to come before father, your mother, your sister, husband? Are you willing to forsake all that you have for me? Uh, And so if we look at the whole book of Deuteronomy, it's God's purpose is worked out if we are separated from the world so if we show our loyalty to Christ we separate ourselves then God's work is going to be done because he's got to be uh, that number one and then and regular loyalty um, <clears throat> Let me get through my notes here real quick. Uh, you know, Exodus 2016, you should not bear false witness against your neighbor, right? <clears throat> so it's one of the command, whether the ninth commandment and uh, it's really, you know, the bearing false witnesses because we are the ninth commandment. I love, I'm trying to think, this guy wrote this down. It goes, the ninth commandment is in a similar position in man's relationship to other men as the third commandment is in man's relationship to God. This commandment directly involves faithfulness and loyalty in our speech and in our witness for God before men. So, you know, Proverbs talks about that as how we need to sit as wisdom and as we seek these things. So we're being loyal to uh, other men and other people and wisdom. And then at the same time, we need to be loyal to Christ. So that's kind of how I found it. So Proverbs is really good with that. And then I loved how he took the one of the commandments and said that we're loyal to God. So we need to be loyal to other men as well, too, and not bear false witness against them, not lie about them. You know, we need to say the truth because that's who we are. And that's what we need to be. So that's kind of how I found the loyalty. And I think it goes in line with how the army uh, had their things set up as well, too. So So let
3: me ask you this. Uh, In Matthew, I don't remember the chapter or verse, but in Matthew, uh, right before Jesus is captured, right, he's asking his disciples to stand, watch, and pray. Yep for yeah, and then he goes and he prays and, they and he comes miserably. back and they're so exhausted they're sleeping right so we we know the disciples were loyal to christ they believed him to be messiah uh but can you get to that point where your intentions are good but the uh act of
1: loyalty is not there I would say yes, because we're, we're going to sin. But then I look at the, was it a few years ago, those martyrs who got beheaded on the beach yes, and they were loyal to the very end. Like they cried out the name of Jesus to the very end. Um, But the great thing is with the disciples, especially Peter, right? He denied God or Jesus three times is that we have grace Right. Well, and, like, and, and example, we had that, so yeah.
3: A, a good point is is how many times at night have you fallen asleep praying or fallen asleep reading your Bible? It you know, it, it's, it's, it's happened during church
1: before. I'll be honest. Oh yeah, yeah,
3: uh, yeah. More than I care to admit. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs>
3: but so, and to keep it on a little lighter note, has anyone ever watched the TV show Impractical Jokers*? I love that show. I love it. I love it. I, I watch it just about every night. Um, and, uh, for those who haven't seen it, it's four guys who've been best friends for 20 plus years and they, they, they just play jokes on each other and practical jokes, uh, or practical jokes on one another and they have to do it in public and all these things. And, uh, it, it really tests their loyalty and I bring it up to say the, well, it's kind of like, uh. Gangs, right? So gangs are loyal to one another, but they're not exactly living a Christian lifestyle. Prison loyalty, right? Uh, Police loyalty. I was a cop for eight years, right? So you're loyal. And part of the uh, NCO creed for the Army is, I will be loyal to those with whom I serve, seniors, peers, and subordinates alike. And uh, so... Yeah, it's really an interesting dynamic, right? Because you have Christian loyalty. You have non-Christian loyalty. You have the gangs. You have prison. You have police. You have you know, all these different loyalties. And I guess I don't really know how to expound upon that. Uh, in, this is kind of an open question for anyone, if, if you can expound upon it.
1: Oh, well, you can't serve two masters, but... We need no, but to, we sure do try. We sure do try, but we need to show, uh, give Caesars what is Caesars. Yes. So there's loyalty there, but when the government are, starts coming in, it starts directly affecting or contradicting God, then where do our loyalties lie? They need mm-hmm. to lie at that time with God.
3: Yes. Yeah, when we have to make that ultimate choice. Yes. <clears throat> okay, so before we move on, uh, John, uh, Eric, or Arthur, do you have anything to add to loyalty?
2: When you talk about loyalty and you talked about giving to Caesar what is Caesar, the Bible Project did a video called The Way of the Exile, where it talked about when Jerusalem was pulled into Babylon, their camp, you know, the the population was split besides, you know, between those who were going to serve Babylon and those which wanted to form a violent revolt and strike against and Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego picked, showed us a third way, the way of the exile where we are to, and, and really this, You know, if you think of the world now as Babylon, that we are to live here, establish, plant roots, help the society that we're in succeed as long as it doesn't violate the law of God. But at the same time, remember that we are separate and that we are not true children of this world. We are children of God. So that's the way of the exile. That's kind of that third way of being loyal to your government or, you know, to to this world and loyal to God at the same time. You don't wish destruction or harm upon the society that you're currently living in because it's going to make it harder for you in the long run. But at the same time, you need to be able to take a stand passively against the world. Well said. Okay. So now
3: we're going to the next value is duty, uh, which uh, I assigned to John. And uh, I did not do this by chance, John. I had a reason for this, but let me read duty first. So it says uh, you for the military, for the army, fulfill your obligations. Doing your duty means more than carrying out your assigned tasks. Duty means being able to accomplish tasks as part of a team. The work of the U.S. Army is a complex combination of missions, tasks, and responsibilities, all in constant motion. Our work entails building one assignment onto another. You fulfill your obligations as part of your unit every time you resist the temptation to take shortcuts that might undermine the integrity of the final product. And, John, I chose you for this because uh, your work ethic is amazing. Uh, Every time we see you, you're working. And you have your team, your wife and your son, Mason. Uh, They always seem to be with you, or you can count on them to help you, uh, as well as your uh, employees that you employ. Uh, So I really am interested to get your take on this. Go, John.
0: Go. All right. (laughs)
4: Uh, it broke out part of that, so I'm just reading again what it was. Oh okay. I lost your five G
3: got you, huh?
4: No, I'm not in five G land. I'm only in <laughs> Wyoming. Three G <3G> now.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're to dial up.
4: Okay, so um when I looked up do T, uh not do D, uh do T. Um <laughs>
3: It was one of my favorite couple, jokes from Wreck-It Ralph, man.
4: A couple of things that kind of jumped out is they, they split duty up into a couple different things. Uh, one was your duty to God, one was duty to man, and one was duty to God's dwelling place. So, it, And then New Testament kind of rewrote the meaning of it all over again. Um, so one thing that stood out to me – okay, so it, in Deuteronomy – 25, 5 through 10, it tells what happens to uh, the widow of a man when when he dies. The brother-in-law is supposed to marry the sister-in-law and fulfill the duty of her now deceased husband in trying to get her to bear a son so that um, his name is not blotted out from the um, uh, not blotted out from Israel. So the one they bring up is Ruth because Ruth's husband actually died. And then the person who was supposed to marry him, his, his closest relative or brother-in-law um, didn't want to, because it would have messed up with his lineage line. So he passed it on. And then Boaz is the one who actually married her. So he covered that. And then in marrying her um, the first night he fulfilled his duty and she bore a son. And then that son actually kept the bloodline of david going so it was interesting to see that uh one of the main duties of uh, a man in former in in the old testament time was to maintain lineage for family which i thought was kind of interesting um and then some of the other ones that they have was uh your their duties to god um, in deuteronomy six five love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your strength so um, that was like the over overriding duty of everybody back then was to love and honor God that was that was the number one duty of everybody uh, in that particular time frame of the Old Testament was to love and honor God and bring that on so in deuteronomy ten twelve same thing and now israel what does the lord your god ask of you except to fear the lord which is to know of him um to fear the lord your god by walking in all his ways to love him and to worship the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul so again when you when you think in modern days um i believe the torah is still um, memorized which is Mm -hmm. the first was the first seven books um so like Deuteronomy, they know this, it's part of their youth and growing up. So it's part of their duty um, in the Jewish culture is to know the Torah, you know? So by the age of, I think 10 or 12, these kids know the first seven chapters of the Bible. Like ask them, I mean, anything, you know, what's this? And they it do not it's not necessarily by verse, but they can recite the, the Torah to you, which is pretty impressive. Um, seeing how I, I've seen how I struggle with Ephesians, <laughs> <laughs> and that was just twenty twenty one verses <laughs> um so those that are, was that, that was the one thing that really man. caught me about the about the yeah, but I mean it was one of the things that caught me about the the old Testament is just the overriding duty was to know love and respect God with everything i mean so that was the your number one duty above anything else was that, and then what what was like the the close second was that the men fulfilled the lineage. So if a, if, a, if a wife's you know if a, if a woman's husband died then and they hadn't had kids yet, then the brother-in-law or next nearest relative had to come in and try and complete that duty because it wasn't finished yet, or else the name would be blotted out from Israel, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, in today's world, I think people look at that, and they some people may actually take that quite literally, except they forget the part that the person has to be dead before they sleep with their brother-in-law's wife. Anyways.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> All
3: right. We skip over that today.
0: Yep. <laughs> I just figured I'd throw
4: that in there real quick. Uh, no, but but uh, you know so the one overriding but even in the in the new testament the overriding is knowing it, the fear of god and what i find really interesting is the is the word fear especially in today's culture is a bad thing you know yeah. cuz you have your safe spaces and all this and those are all and those are set up so that people don't have to fear being around people so it has to deal with um, it's a bad thing it's like you're being um, something's being done to you that isn't right so you have to fear it where the fear of god is is actually knowledge which is a beautiful twist because to have true fear of god means that you are um you're in his word you're learning from his word daily Uh, so I, i just i don't know that that's I think a lot of times, and this is just an opinion I think when people hear fear of God, they put a bad connotation to it they don't they don't look at it as a duty of knowing his word they look at it as um the obedient you know the the heavy handed master. I tell you I believe uh who's going to come down on you. Anything, anything you do wrong, you'll I be mean, smacked down. You know, smacked down. Yep. You know that's why it's like, well, everyone sins, so I can just sin it's okay. And, and you know, if he's going to smack down, he's going to smack everybody. You know, it, it just it, it puts like this down comforter over everybody, so that they don't have to really look at what what's going on. I mean, the, everything's really soft and, and spoon fed to them to the point that that words are perverse. In what their true meanings were with the Bible. So um, in today's culture, I think Christians fall incredibly short of their duty, um, which is to know, love, and fear God.
3: Yes, I agree agree with that. Now, I believe uh, one of the worst things for our culture today that uh, started probably in the last, maybe within the last year, Uh, you guys may know, but is that the use of the word triggered.
1: Uh, oh, okay or woke
3: Woke. Well, yeah i haven't heard that one yet
1: oh you have oh well oh. that's because you're, oh. oh. you're not you're not woke <laughs> you're not oh, woke geez. enough man you haven't been Jeez. triggered enough to be woke dude that's well, that, that's all well, that's the
3: thing so what so because now you say you know you hear oh you can't do that because it's going to trigger this person or uh, that person is triggered because of this, and that, which means you have to stop in like a cease and desist order, basically. And it's, nobody wants to be challenged anymore. It, it's the same thing with, now I don't agree with bullying. I don't agree with it. I don't agree with the principle of it. But you, everyone wants to protect their kids from being bullied now, which is teaching them not to deal with a problem, in my opinion.
4: It's also it's 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 a it's a reverse psychology bullying because they're so protective that they, I mean, they line them up with like minded like minded so they get to such a point that if you don't agree with them, you're crap. So I mean, it, it it's like they've they've created bullying two because of the the bubble wrapped children that we that they're being raised right now, you know. So now they're they're so weak. They just lash out because they don't know any other way. I mean, they they shout down someone with a different opinion. Well, it it used to be. Really? Why don't you just shut up and listen? It used to be. You don't have to agree. But listen, because there may be something in there you can actually use. Yeah. No, you're
3: good. No, it used to be that our obligations, right, as parents, were to teach our children how to survive in the world. We teach them finances. We teach them how to deal with people. We teach them how to uh, be disciplined. And now we've got this weird reversal going on where the obligations of parents today are to protect their children from the world, right, to censor them, to uh, wrap that, that blanket of comfort around them. Uh, so they can't deal with anything, which is why we ended up with the quote millennials, you know, the generation who are entitled, who believe they deserve everything. And I, I, am I wrong with this? Do y'all do y'all agree? Do y'all disagree? I
4: don't think you're wrong, Danny. But I think what what's, what's also come out of this is the younger generation has more desire to kind of be someplace outside of the norm you know they're they're changing things i mean you know now to to in order to keep an employee now you you know what's what's your community project that you're doing you Mm -hmm. know um is when when are we going to have a team you know are we going to go build a house for someone we're going to go feed the poor are we going to go you know so i i think it's had a good piece in that and it's also had a bad piece in the fact that they surround themselves with with like-minded people they i mean to to find someone that truly has diverse friends and i don't mean just in color but in thought it's rare i mean they may have friends from all over the world and you know so they can cover whichever you know subgroup is being you know held down but they don't they don't cover thought i mean they just you know as long as the color as long as they got the right color scheme in their friends list they're good but when you, you can't have someone that thinks too far to the left or right of what you do because it's, then, you know, it's just wrong. You know, they, they, they obviously aren't woke.
3: <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because <laughs> uh, the plant I work at, I work at a chemical plant. And uh, this Friday coming up is our citizen day. Uh, where we go out into the community and we help paint houses, we fix porches, we fi- you know do these things, and my boss asked me uh, why i haven 't signed up for a citizen day and this This goes to the thought process and it 's because i 'm the only uh, lab lab tech for the process lab, so it 's my lab I run that lab, and if I miss a day then you know, the operators that, uh, I work for, they don't get their sample results. They don't get results. They need to run the unit. And he told me, he's like, Oh, well, they'll be all right for a few hours. You can come to work, do some stuff, then go to citizen day and then come back. And I said, no, once I leave the plant, I don't come back. (laughs) So, you know, that's not happening. And uh, but it goes to the thought process because the new person we hired uh, is that free thinker, right? Who is wants to go out there and serve the community. Which I would love to just serve the community, but I have an obligation, I have a duty to my employer, right, and to the units that uh, of the, uh, the the three different units uh, that are at the plant. So I have to make sure those operators get their sample results, so the board operators can keep the process running for the plant to make money, and that goes to maybe a different generation. Uh, it's
4: partially that I think. I think duty's been um, where you know uh, duty before used to be duty to core, duty to country, duty to God, uh, and and now what's superseded all that is duty to self. Mm. You know. First, I have to make sure that I'm going to be good with what I decide to do. And if at any point in time, and that's why, you know, our generation, average employee would stay 10 to 12 years. You know, my parents' generation, it was 20 to 25. Now, the average person by the time they're 30 will be on their fourth career or their fourth employer. And they just graduated high school at 22 or college at 22. So it's two and a half to three and a half years is your average employee lifetime lifespan within companies now. So it's, it's, you know, well, this is great, you know, and I got, I got what I needed from you. Thank you so much. But now I need to go on because you aren't giving me anything else that I can use. So now I have to find someone who can pour into me more and give me what I need to feel, um, to feel as though I'm, I'm being part of the world. So the duties to myself first, and then, Anything else after that can kind of just – just depends on what day of the week. Yeah. You know, that – you know, is it – oh, wait. No, I have duty to uh, yoga at 7 o'clock. Yep. So after that, though, I'm duty to bar, but we're good for duty mm-hmm. to me for a while now.
2: Nice. Me first. Me first.
3: Yeah. Well, and then, yeah. you know, so that – okay. So now we're we're going from –
1: you know this whole duty thing. I heard this good. Call, uh, they're talking about. Um, I forgot who it was. I so Instagram. The street preacher guy. I think Arthur knows who I'm talking about. And I love Ray Comfort. About. Um, I don't know. I, I he's put a video on Instagram. The street preacher guy. Oh. He's talking about road versus Wade, and how if something becomes it since then if something becomes an inconvenience to us, so duty we to self, it. we kill it. Uh so talk about like abortions or you talk about just people you don't like. You just t- and it's that duty to self That's exactly what John was just talking about mm. because it's an inconvenience to me because it's duty to me, so I could just kill it. I can just get rid of it. That's A- why A- the
2: suicide rates yes. have climbed. Because if it's an inconvenience kill it. Kill it.
1: Like and when you said that it made so much sense. I was like, Oh man. Yes.
2: If you have uh, if you get pregnant, kill it. It's an inconvenience. Kill it. I don't need to finish high school because I can go be famous on the internet or YouTube so I can kill that education. It's going to get to the point where it's going to be, well, my parents are too old and I want to take care of them. It's an inconvenience. Kill Kill, em. Em. Yeah, that, kill that, them. Yeah. That's 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 where we're headed. So they, and Canada, they don't it's have already to kill there. them though.
4: They just have to push them off to a to the um, robotic nurse who will mm. be taking care of them because there won't be nurses to take care of them. So they'll put them into a little
2: house and green robots they'll will be taken care of by robots.
3: <laughs> nice, great job. I knew there was a reason I gave that one to you, John. Sorry. So no, no, you're good, man. Uh, Eric's got to follow you up now, so good luck, Eric.
2: (laughs) Wow!
3: Which now we go into the third value: respect. Right? We talk about elders. (laughs) That's right, boys. (laughs) So, respect for the military is treat people as they should be treated, which is kind of a Double entendre in a sense, right? Because how should someone be treated? So in the Soldier's Code, we pledge to treat others with dignity and respect while expecting others to do the same. Respect is what allows us to appreciate the best in other people. Respect is trusting that all people have done their jobs and fulfilled their duty. And self-respect is a vital ingredient with the Army value of respect, which results from knowing you have put forth your best effort the army is one team and each of us has something to contribute so eric how should we respect one another and why should we expect others to do the same
0: well, that's a, that, that's a that's a real interesting question because some people with their reactions, the way they they act towards you, the way they respond. Um sometimes they're just uh for lack of better better terms, they're um uh jerkwads. Um you know uh, is does that dictate how we should treat them? No, it really shouldn't. Um because Matthew seven twelve says uh do unto others as you would have them do unto you. This is, this basically is a summation of the law and the prophets. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you have to ask yourself before you um, kick somebody while they're down. Would I want them to do that to me if I was in their position? You know, um, that's part of, of respect, you know, um, and respect means something's totally different to each individual. I mean, it's, it's almost individualized at, at, at this point in this time in society. Um, but, uh, as Arthur started, you know, he, he totally blew my R E S P E C T, um, uh, gaff, So thanks a lot, Arthur, but, uh, <clears throat> keeping your own lane, brother, respect the lanes. <laughs> So, but, but no, I mean, it's just, it's just like, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just like Aretha said, um, you know, respect taking care of business and doing what you're supposed to do. Um, do, do, I, do I make all the right decisions? No. Um, do you guys respect me enough to tell me when I'm making a mistake or when I'm making a Error in judgment, Um, you know, that's one of those things that I like about this group is because we have that, we have that common respect, you know, among the five of us where we can trust that, you know, if we're screwing up, that one, if not all four of the other guys will call it out. So. You know and and, and, and that's re- and that's a respect thing we do we do it out of respect um, because we want to see the best um, be developed in each other um, and that's you know and that's what it takes and that's I mean that's why we get along so well um, you know because of that respect that, that mutual respect so um, respect is a very tough thing. Um, a lot of people say respect is earned. It's not just given it's earned. How many of you guys have heard that one? Um,
3: yeah, I've never, I've, so I've heard it and I do agree with it, but at the same time, like if I first meet you, I I'm one of those guys where I give you that respect until you don't deserve it. You know, so if you do something to, uh, break that trust or that respect, then uh it's time to reevaluate right, but that's the worldly value right as a christian right. you know, that's
0: where that's that that's where I was getting ready to getting ready to you know um virtually slap you around a little bit because didn't we just say that matthew seven twelve says "Do unto others as you would have them do unto you, mm-hmm. and if that's respect, you know you start you start it off with a great thing you know you give you give them that respect and then you qualify it with yeah but until they do something to yeah. lose that
3: respect yeah. and that's just the human nature of it right yeah, right
1: but i think you know those of us in the military it's a little bit different i'm always going to respect the uniform of someone senior to me but i yes. might not like that person one yep. bit you have to respect I'm, the rank I'm going to respect the uniform, I'm going to respect the rank because it's the right thing to do.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's just it, it's just like you hear all this all, all all this political bull crap going on, right? You you got your you got your pro Trump, you have got your anti Trump. You know what? The thing of it is, yes, he may not be the best person in office. He may not be the best person for office. But he's but president but he is yep. the president of That's the United right. States and under, if I'm not mistaken, you, you military guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but while you're active military or in the reserves, if you, as long as you're in that uniform, I don't care if the president is the biggest racist, bigot, misogynistic pig in the world, you still have to show him respect.
3: Oh, yeah. You can't outwardly, uh, uh disparage his name you can't that is correct. you can't talk bad about the commander in chief uh which is why i i don't feel bad it, y'all may remember the marine who went on his rant on facebook and ended up getting a dishonorable discharge and i believe car you may know better uh but i believe he's went to leavenworth for that
1: did a little time in jail probably did there was a sailor did the same thing just went off and yeah. Uh, and I
3: don't feel bad for them because they yeah, know man. the rules.
1: You know, uh, as I tell people when I retire, you can get a letter from every president that you served under. So I would yes. go from Clinton all the way to uh, whenever, if it's, you know, at least this is I retire before 2020, right? So right. Trump, I would get one from all. It doesn't matter if I voted for him. It doesn't matter if I agreed with them because yep. they were my commander in chief while I served. I want to yep. get a, a letter from them. So
3: the thing is is even outside the uniform, like you will never hear me disrespect the president. Now I don't have to agree with every policy or every uh thing he's doing, but I will never disrespect that that position.
2: <clears throat> Just this president or any president?
3: Any president. Any president. You know, well, the main the main tenure that I served under was uh, President Bush. Uh, and then we had President Obama come along. And, you know, no, I didn't agree with everything he was doing, especially when it came to the military stuff. But I, you know, I'm not going to sit there and, and talk badly about him. Number no one, because a- it wouldn't do any good.
2: Like, there's no good that will come of it. Well, no, I, I always find it funny that the people who complain about the previous president are defending, you know, are defending and saying, well, you can't say that about this president because it's the president. You know, it's so funny when, when Obama was getting into office, my Republican or my <clears throat> Democrat friends said, we survived eight years of Bush, you'll survive eight years of uh uh osama no obama (laughs) sorry obama i I always get that name messed up all right so of uh president obama however when somebody sent that same message back to them when trump was elected we survived eight years of obama you'll survive eight years of trump their heads literally explode and i think it's because depending on where you're uh, world viewpoint is Depends on what you're willing to tolerate And you can pick on my guy But no you know, Or I can pick on your guy But you can't pick on my guy and I think we lose the respect At some point In this country We forgot That we don't have to agree To still be friends And we don't have to have The same viewpoint To be civil To each other Well, and, you know, it also goes, I mean, the same
3: thing could be said with law enforcement today. You know, the law enforcement has no respect given to them whatsoever. It's very rare, you know, that everybody wants to give power to the criminals. Now, you know, they always talk about police brutality or, or they want to talk about how the excessive use of force, but they never want to say, well, Let's start at the beginning of the incident where the person was committing a crime. You know, had that person not been committing a crime to begin with, the law, the the officer would not have stepped in. You
2: know, I have the, some choice words to say about that topic, however, I'm afraid that my wife would get fired if my opinions actually became known, so I'm <laughs> I'm going to bow out of this particular <laughs> line. I mean, you can have your opinion. I'm not going to,
3: you know, not tell you to voice it.
4: I recently uh, seen something. It was, you know, one of the memes that doesn't meme anything. Um, (laughs) But in it, the description of it was um, police are one of the leading cause of deaths of uh, black teenagers. And, and it kind of struck me and I'm like, what? I mean, people look at that and they seriously, they're like, see, that's just says right there. See, that's one of the leading causes. I'm like, do you, do you realize, I mean, have you looked at the numbers actual factual numbers? Have you looked at them? We're talking 200 to 6,000. There's a difference there, you know, Um, and, and that's just in gun violence. It, it, what about all the other violence that goes on there? It's just, it's insane right now, currently in, in St. Paul in the city, uh, our capital city, um, I mean, we're no Chicago, but you know, uh, one, one person was gunned down it turns out that, um, I know someone who's related to him and now it's like in the last three days, um, four more people have been gunned down and it, it's turned into it's, it's vengeance. It's, you know, eye for an eye. And the whole, the the city's been turned upside down. I mean, you got the mayor, the police chief, and all these people having a press conference saying, we're going to put all, I mean, the mayor even said that he wanted the police to put all their resources into stopping the violence. And, you know, for St. Paul to say that, that's insane because they want to cut the police. They don't want the police to go into these neighborhoods. You know, know, and this is where it's like, okay, so this is what self-policing would do. You want to remove authority you won't, you have zero respect for authority and you're going to handle these things on your own. Well, guess what happens? You don't go about it the right way. No, you know, right. now it's, they're, they're going cause you killed my friend. I'm killing your friend and you're going to, and you know, vengeance begets vengeance and yep. the cycle continues. I'm Nothing changes. That. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, so it's like, to say, you know, that you automatically have to respect a police officer, you do for that moment until he shows you the reason not to. And there are there are officers that are quite frankly shouldn't be wearing the uniform. I mean, and, and that's in any any pick any yeah, I profession don't that happens. With that,
3: yeah.
4: Um, you know, but the vast majority of them are doing a job, and it's a job that, um, you know, there's there's nobody wants to go into it. My my nephew recently went into Um, law enforcement and people are like, why are you doing that, man? Why, why are you stepping in? He's just like, because it's where God wants me and all. And he's, he's, he was led there, you know, just complete different degree, had nothing to do with that in college. And then out of college, he just went through stuff. He didn't really like where he was and and found his way into law enforcement. I think, but yeah, I mean, respect what, what,
3: but Yeah. It's kind of one of those things. Uh,
4: you know, where it's if the, not, the mayor, you know, different things. I mean, until someone shows – yeah, but right now, if it's not me, no one. I mean, that's, that's, that's where we're at. Right. I mean, right. Minneapolis is asking for 400 more officers, and the, and the mayor says, we'll give you 10.
3: Yeah. They're
1: like, that that's route, they, not going to cut it. Boat, I'm seeing what the police are going through is what the military went through during Vietnam yes it's the exact yeah. same thing. my yes. uncle was spit on was yep. called multiple things is, is, is that a fist bump from arthur okay <laughs> um uh but uh was spit on on things because of and he kept going back to nam he actually said he did multiple tours there and it almost was as if like nam was more home than home
3: yeah my dad said the same thing about it yeah he felt more comfortable going over there than
1: he did coming home because you're with your battle buddies yep. right your brother's that brotherhood that we had talked about, not that they no yep. it was there all right, everyone, thank you for listening to uh this episode where we go over some of the Army corps values and see. The Christian perspective behind the Army values because uh, Army's got this uh, this moral code. The military actually has a very awesome moral code and uh, can we as Christians live you know by those and are there differences and how can we do it and so uh, thank you for listening. Uh, We will continue this great conversation next week so again uh, thanks for listening to Five Guys in the Bible and uh, as always Be blessed.